Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. So we can advance. I, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, it's time for some announcements. These are very important announcements, okay? This Wednesday coming up uh, is our jam night Christmas carol edition. So uh, if you're a musician, I'd love for you to come join us. We're going to have uh, some chord charts prepared. They're, the charts are available on the app as well. You can click. Uh, you'll see the link for the, the jam night there. You can download the charts. Uh, it's all Christmas carols, uh, and they're arranged in a very playable way. So we're going to have a great time. Uh, if you're a singer who just loves Christmas carols, come join us as well and sing along. We're going to have a blast. I'm going to try to have some hot cocoa ready. Wear your ugly Christmas sweater, and uh, we'll have the fireplace going too. So that's this Wednesday. This is super important that you guys hear it. Our Christmas Eve services. We're doing three service next Saturday, December 24th at 4.30, 6, and 7.30 p.m. They're going to be tremendous. We'll have a time of worship. We're going to have a message, just like church. And then we'll have our candle lighting segment. And it's going to be so much fun. It's a great way to celebrate Christmas with your family. Invite all of your friends and join us. There might even be snow. Yes, I know, there will be snow. Let it snow on Christmas Eve. Those are the major announcements. I can't believe it's this time of the year. It's the greatest, best, most wonderful time of the year. And the most wonderful time of the day is when we're ready for church. Woo! Hey, everybody online. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump in. Ah, we've got some great Christmas music to sing as we worship God together, and then we'll be finishing up our Advent series called The Little Town of Bethlehem. We're in Ruth chapter 4 today. So get your Bibles and get a coffee and get comfy and get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and in the word this morning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you do not know. We start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Miss Alice will join any kids who'd like to join her for a Bible verse up here in the front. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're finishing up our Advent series, The Little Town of Bethlehem. We're in part four. And it was really good. And I'm looking forward to you guys to learning. But before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for meeting with us this morning. And we're so grateful that we can be, we can enter into your throne room, God. as we're gathered corporately, Papa. We're here to celebrate you, what you have done, the work you're doing in us and through us, and God, what you're going to do. So Papa, tune our hearts to sing your praise this morning. Help us to leave all our mess at the door and to focus on you. We love you so much. 
And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Raise up your great power, Lord, and come among us to save us because through our sins and wickedness, we are severely hindered in running the race that is set before us. May your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord, the table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I'd just like to encourage us all to lift our voices and to sing out. Uh, we've got Christmas songs, but they're very, they're very worshipful too, so I think we'll have a a very nice time here. The words will show up on the screens, so it's really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. On earth in mercy mild, God in sinners reconciled.
We love you, Lord. And we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. You're good to us, Lord. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our precious children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the children your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're good, Lord. We love you. And we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, hey, Mom, why don't you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Sure thing. Hey, everybody. Oops. How are we? Good to see you. How are you, Zoe? Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Pastor Georgina is still a little bit under the weather, so she asked me to fill in. Is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. You're good. It's all good. It's kind of crowded, but it'll work. Oh, my goodness. There are some cute kids up here. So, oh, baby Claire, I see you walking. Hi. What's she look? Oh, she's looking at pretty dresses, Mom. All right, sorry. Okay, so our Bible verse comes out of the Old Testament, Isaiah, and it is written like thousands of years before Jesus was born. But the prophet Isaiah talked about Jesus 2,000 years before he was born. Does anybody know what Emmanuel means? Does anybody know what Emmanuel means? Anybody? Where's Cole? (laughs) Emmanuel means God with us. Can you say that? God with us. God with us. Very good. So what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Very good. Very good. And the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14 said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will call him Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Anybody? With God. God with us. Oh, God with us. Very good, but you were really close. It was the same thing. Okay, so you're going to help me say this Bible verse? Oh, my goodness. I got a little Lily Pulitzer dress on. Sorry. Okay. Repeat. <laughs> Repeat. I know. Repeat after me. Isaiah 714. Isaiah Good job, Gunner. Therefore, the Lord. Therefore, the Lord. Himself will give you a sign. Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will give give birth. The virgin will give birth. You're very handsome. To a son. To a son. He will be called. He will be called. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Somebody who hasn't talked yet. Very good. You guys are killing it. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're going to pray for them in a minute. Before we do, can you guys help me sing happy birthday to somebody? What? They're not paying attention. I have a birthday. Oh, everybody, look at Pastor Steve. Yeah, we need to sing happy birthday, okay? Can you help me? It's Pedro's birthday. He's right over there. 25. 25. So here we go. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy Excellent. birthday. All right, Pastor Alice, pray for those children, please. Yes, show me how Pastor Georgina taught you to pray. What does she say? We bow our heads and we close our eyes. We think about God. Remember, Lord, we thank you for this day, for our kids here. Father, I just pray your protection over them. I pray that this would be a wonderful holiday season. I know they're out of school now, Lord, so be with their parents, Father, and just bless this time. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Good job. All right, you guys can head off to Sunday school. Amen. Have fun. Behave. Listen to your teachers. Learn well. God with us. Welcome to the vineyard, everybody. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here as well. As uh, we get the children heading to their rooms and we get ready to spend some time together in the Word of God this morning, and looking forward to that very much. I think I might have another button to push here, so I might have got caught up in the birthday. I forgot this. There we go. Um, and we're going to continue on and finish up our series, uh, an Advent series called The Little Town of Bethlehem, but we'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, oh, and let me say this um, before I do the connection and the prayer. So next weekend... Is a big weekend. Obviously, it's Christmas weekend. And our main services will be Christmas Eve. One at 4.30, one at 6, one at 7.30. That'll be full on, full music, candles. Uh, I got a Christmas Eve message planned. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it Christmas Wrapping. Uh, oh, with a W, not an R. Because if it was an R, I'd have to go, Hey, this is Pastor Steve, and I got a message for Christmas Eve. But anyway, thank you. I don't have the stuff. I don't have it down. So anyway, it just said so yes, not. Children it's so, have left the county. Such a boomer sort of rap thing, right? Not cool. But um, but anyway, that'll be good. Invite people. We're gonna have a great. They're all busy usually, and uh, we have a good time. People say, "What's a, they, last year? They were all busy." So just come at whatever time is most convenient for you. Next Sunday we will meet on Christmas Day, but it will be different than normal. Because we think it's very important. We give all of our staff and volunteers with children off. Because um, we want them to have that time with their kids and build those memories. We think that's really important. So um, we will, there'll be, um, and Christmas Eve is a no food event. All right? No coffee, no nothing event. Sunday, no food again. We will have coffee though because uh, somebody volunteered to come in and make me a little coffee. Which is good for all of us. Coffee. Yeah. yeah, otherwise it'll be really draggy. <laughs> Um, but we'll be here at 8, 9, 30, and 11. Alice and I will be here. The, the music will be different. I'm just going to grab a guitar and do a little acoustic stuff for Christmas Day. And uh, we'll have a simple message. We won't have children's church. If you have kids, we'll have activity bags for them when they come in. So they have something to do. It'll be a nice way to celebrate Christmas. But, um, you know, we also know that a lot of people, it's Christmas Day and they'll stay home. So no pressure, but just know we will be here next Sunday, 8, 9, 30 and 11. It's our cozy service. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, 4.36 and 7.30. So it's all good. Yeah. A lot of people will come Christmas Eve and that will be their weekend and that's cool. Oh, I said that better this time than last time. 
Did you? I think so. I yes. don't think so. I don't know. I didn't get I, my line did in. Did you, you drift off? Huh? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just because it's cozy. Oh, cozy, yes, yes thank you. Yes, our right. Christmas Day service is the cozy. It's not as good when I have to explain it. Sorry, okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. If you're a first-time guest, <laughs> that code is for you. Point your smart device at it. You'll get a link to our digital connect card. Love for you to fill it out. You will get texts and emails from us for the next five or six weeks. We have gifts also for first-time guests back at Guest Services. If you didn't get one on your way and stop by on your way out, lovely little gift we'd love for you to have. And gift-wise, too, we got gifts for everyone that comes Christmas Eve. Yes. So that'll be fun. And uh, so looking forward to that. Here's where we pray for our neighbors every week. We do this to encourage you to keep praying for your neighbors every day. So when we gather corporately, we do it together. Think about a couple of your neighbors, if you would. Get them in your mind's eye. And let's go to the Lord Papa. We, uh, we lift our neighbors up to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we're in... Little Town of Bethlehem, part four. Let me get to the jokes. Be, I, got, I had a whole bunch of intro slides, but I'll do them later. Um, here we go. No. Who? No, no, that's the, wrong, that's the wrong question. Let me go to the joke number two, and we'll come back to that one. Okay. Why did only the letter E get a Christmas present? Because the other letters were not E. Not, 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 e, e, not, e. not, e. what's the Grinch's least favorite band? The Who. I sort of messed yeah. that up last I time. love Cindy Lou Who. But yeah, see, but it's all different. Okay, what are the best Christmas sweaters made from? Hmm. Fleece Navidad. Here we go. Fleece Navidad. Just one more. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. Okay, everyone, I want to wish... From the back to the front. Okay, yeah. go away. <laughs> Pray for us. If you're a first-time guest, we're normally very serious. So I just want to say that. I want to wish yeah. you a Merry Christmas. He's stepping on my lines, Steve. <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Let's go ahead, change focus and press into Papa, and then we'll read the word. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're so grateful to be gathered together this morning as a family. And I pray, Father, that as we might travel this week or as we might gather with extended members of our family, would you be with us, Lord? Would you help those that are sad, Father? Make joy arise. Just be in our midst, Papa, as we, we celebrate your birth, as we eat good food. Help us to remember those that are less fortunate. And we thank you for all that you're doing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is the book of Ruth, the last chapter, 4, 13 through 17. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. 
He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Okay, um, my hope in doing this Advent series based in the book of Ruth, an Old Testament story, and looking at connections, my hope is that it encourages you to read the Bible, and that um, you, you realize how incredibly rich and deep this inspired literature is, there's nothing like it. And, and that we take time and slow down and, and really try and think about it um, the way the people it was originally written to would have thought about it, because that's how it's written. Um, you know, it's written, it's written for us, but it, it wasn't written to us, so these Old Testament books were written to a group of uh, people with a specific worldview and mindset. And you need to help, you know, you need to sort of get into that to understand things. And as you do, you realize that, that nothing is wasted in the Scripture. Every word has a, makes a point and that it's so amazingly and intricately connected that the more you read it, spend time in the Bible, the more you realize how amazing it is, and it will just keep drawing you back in. But you have to kind of break through that, um, you know, I don't understand it, and I'm just, you know, reading it out of duty's sake. There's so much to it. And, and so we're using it as a background for an Advent series. And remember, Advent, really the four main sort of points of Advent, which is all about getting ready to celebrate Jesus, uh, are hope and joy, peace and love. And we've seen back in the story, uh, every through every chapter, we looked about hope as we talked about, you know, that the barley harvest was on the way, bread was on the horizon, and we saw how that worked in the story, if you were with us. And then we, we talked about joy, and, and we saw in chapter 2 how, how Naomi, who was really upset with God, but all of a sudden sees that he hasn't really forsaken her, and you can see joy spark in her life. And then last week, we were all about the kinsman redeemer and what that means, and and how, you know, the kinsman redeemer could bring peace to their relatives by stepping up and doing the right thing. And we talked about how Jesus has done that for us so we can be at peace with God and experience his peace and be at peace with others. Well, the last of the four topics is love. And uh, I think you'll see how amazing uh, love works into this story as it's all pointing to Jesus. And, and, and he is the most incredible gift of love that the world has ever known. And so we'll, we'll be talking more about him as we go. And then, you know, just quick, because I'm almost, this will be the last week here in this book, how amazing it is, and, and so you make these connections. Um, it's set in the town of Bethlehem, the story of Ruth. And so is the Christmas story. Bethlehem means house of bread. And, and so you need to start thinking how people would have read this. They would have go, okay, this is a story about the house of bread. And the first character we met was Elimelech, 
whose name is my, means my God is king, also on purpose. They would have known that as they read, oh, my God is king. Uh, and that the whole story is introduced by saying uh, in, in the time of the judges when there was no king in Israel, and yet the very name of Elimelech lets you know that there's always been a king in Israel. It's God. But the, the people were demanding a fleshly king like everybody else. It's a, that's another story, but we'll tap into that a little bit at the end of the day today. you got Elimelech who rather than trusting for God to provide in a famine, because there's a famine in the house of bread, there's no bread in the house of bread, uh, fascinating story, he says, hey, I'm going to take my family and go to Moab. And again, you would have known if you were one of the folks that it was written to, the history, and you would have known that Moab was like the worst place you could go, because they have a history of denying bread to the people of Israel. They don't like them. And it was a terrible decision. But he decides he's going to go, Limelech. And so he takes his family, to set up the family's name. Naomi means pleasant, and we've talked about that. And he has two sons, uh, Malon and Kilion. And I, I, it's so funny, right, because their names mean sick and failing. Which, if you were reading it, you would go, hmm, that's not a good start to the story. <laughs> so my God is king, doesn't trust God, takes his uh, wife and his son, sick and failing, and they go to Moab, which is historically known for not taking good care of people from Israel. They go there, and Elimelech dies. You could almost see that one coming. Sick and failing, marry two women while they're there, Moabite women. One whose name is Ruth. She's going to be like the, the book is named after her, so it's a pretty good clue that it's good. Whose name means friendship or companion. That's good. The other is named Orpah, which means back of the neck. Here's a clue. They would have gone, oh, back of the neck. That's not going to end well. They get married. They're there for 10 years. No children come out of those unions. And and you could have known this was about to happen. Sick and failing both die. It was like, okay, well then, I'm surprised it took that many verses to get him killed off. It took like three verses. Um, and Naomi, see, and we've talked about this. Now she has no males in her family. There's no one to carry on the lineage. You would have known that too in Israel. That's a really big deal. And, and so they were, they were set up to lose everything. She said, I'm going back to, um, to the house of bread. I heard there's bread there. And um, Orpah decides to stay back with her gods, little g-gods and her people, back of the neck. Kind of saw that one coming. But Ruth, um, she goes with Naomi. Her name means friend in companionship. And in the beginning of the story, we see that she not only commits herself to Naomi, she commits herself to her God, our God, big g-god. And everything begins to change in her life. And that uh, they go back. Naomi says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Don't call me pleasant. I'm bitter. Because I went away full, which really wasn't true, but she had males in her family. And I've come back empty. And, and uh, so we'll talk more about that here in a minute as well. And then in chapter 2, Ruth goes into the field. She's allowed to glean, which was a provision God had for foreigners where they could go behind the harvesters and get food. And uh, Boaz, who's the, his name means the man of strength, in effect, who's, I've just said, he's a good dude. Um, he kind of looks out for her. She's able to glean through two harvests. The food problem is solved for Naomi and Ruth, but not the lineage problem. And that's what we get to in chapter 3. And we learn about kinsmen, redeemers last week and what that means and everything that's happening. And that's a big part of the deal. And I said last week, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. And so uh, things are moving along and Boaz steps up to be the kinsman redeemer. And here's where we pick up in the back half of chapter 4 today and look for similarities in the Christmas story. In this story, she gives birth to a son. She gives birth to a son. Uh, 
there's an, another story, obviously, with we're getting ready to celebrate about giving birth to a son, right? And, and watch what happens here. The wording is very cool. Verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. So that's a, an interesting line that's there. The Lord enabled her to conceive. Now, we don't, it doesn't tell us that she was barren, but she was married for 10 years and had no children before this. But, but now things are moving in the right path. And it's also important that she gives birth to a son because this fixes the lineage problem. The son is what, was the, what they desperately needed and is what God provided. While the wording is similar to what we have in the Christmas story. The big difference would be is that here, um, you know, the, the God enables her to have a child, but Boaz is the absolute father of, um, of the baby, as you know, and it was clearly stated in here. But in the New Testament story, we also see God involved in the birth of a child, um, but the difference would be that it's an immaculate conception. It was what Alice talked about in Isaiah 7.14 with the scripture reading with the kids today, that um, that uh, the virgin will give birth to a child, prophesied and happens. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded uh, him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So it, it's similar in the way that the, there's something miraculous happening in the birth of these sons that makes a difference. But clearly, um, the, the, the Jesus story is, is tied to the virgin birth and Joseph doing the right thing. And same in the other story, it's, but it's uh, Boaz stepping up and, and being the husband and father of Obed in that story. So that's a very cool connection. That happens there. Now, the birth of the child is also very interesting because uh, Obed, who is the name, that's the name of the son that's born to uh, Boaz and Ruth, uh, is, a, is a type of redeemer. He's a, I, I would call him a child redeemer. And so not only is there a God-enabled conception here, but there's also this child redeemer that's born. Verse 14, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. First off, props here to Ruth finally in this story. At the end of chapter 1, when, when Naomi comes back to town and says, Don't call me Naomi because I'm bitter because I went away full and came back empty. I often think that when she says that, that Ruth would be like standing right next to her going, what do you mean you came away empty? I'm right here. I'm standing right here. She finally gets the props that she's worth having. She's better to you than seven sons because she has been so faithful and so committed on this journey. And this, this picture is this, that this son, Obed, is already being called a type of kinsman redeemer, uh, even as a child. Be, because the way they're, that they're, he's prayed for there, they've already prayed for Boaz and, and thanked him for stepping up to do what he did, who acted as their kinsman redeemer. And they said, you know, may his name be great in all Bethlehem. But now they, they pray for this one, for Obed, this child redeemer, that his name would be great throughout all Israel. And uh, it certainly will be. Because of what happens in this story is that Obed is part of the lineage of a king. He's born in the lineage of a king. This verse might, uh, this is probably verse 17, one of the most important verses in this passage, and you could skip it if you weren't looking for it. Naomi took the child in arms and cared for him. 
And the women living there said, Naomi has a son. Now they're full on calling her Naomi because she's restored, she's pleasant again. And they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now that David there is King David. And, and that's kind of the, the big focus of the book of Ruth, is that in the time of Judges, when there was no king, but, but Elimelech, you know, his name meant, my God is king, but they didn't have a fleshly king. But at the end of, when we come to the end of Ruth, now there's the beginning of a king that's going to happen, is that David is on the horizon. And so there's this connection going on there uh, in the journey. And I I just think it's a, it's this cool picture of how things have started in Ruth and we see that there's no king and there's no bread and then we begin to tie them into the Christmas story. And, and I think it's cool at Christmas because what we have is that coming out of David's line comes Jesus. You can trace the genealogy back of both Joseph and Mary back to this line and, uh, and Jesus comes and he is our redeemer and our king. Luke 2, 10. Now, it makes perfect sense. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A Savior has been born to you. Christ the Lord, a Redeemer, has been born to you. And, and it's this amazing picture of what happens. And I said it was a love thing uh, because for God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's these incredible connections through both stories. So, you know, just to make sure we have them sort of all tied together. When the story of Ruth begins, there's no king in Israel. There's no bread in Bethlehem. But when our Christmas story begins, what do we have? We have bread arriving on the scene. Jesus, the living bread, arrives in Bethlehem. And, and you know, the picture that's happening there, when you, when you go ahead and read the rest of that Luke 2 story, how they take Jesus and they, they in effect, they wrap him in rags. And, you know, we've, we've pretty this picture up. Uh, to make, you know, the manger look all nice and comfy. You know, Joseph probably had a few extra minutes. He was a carpenter. He knocked together a crib real quick, so it was really nice. And had the, what are those toys called that they have that they spin around? Mobiles, thank you. <laughs> he knew what I was going for. It wasn't like that. They, they place him in a trough, a feeding trough, highly symbolic. Because that, that feeding trough would have been, been made out of stone, carved out of stone, and um, very rough. It was where the animals ate. And there's something about placing the, the bread of life in a feeding trough for the entire world that's going on there. It's so significant what's happening uh, in, in that story. And Jesus is king. He, he comes, you know, he, he takes that problem that they had in the beginning of Ruth where there was no king in Israel, but God was king. So there was a king, but he wasn't the fleshly king that he wanted. Guess what Jesus does? Fully God, fully man. Jesus arrives on the scene as the true king. And once again, you can say, Elimelech, my God is king. So we have these things tying together. Both stories are about a young woman, a courageous young woman, who make um, life-changing commitments to God, press in, have faith in God, both whom go to Bethlehem, both whom have children that impact the world. That's in both stories. In both stories, we have these righteous men, 
Uh, I called them good dudes. But you have two righteous men. And what they do is they both step up and do the right thing. And at the time of these women's, women's greatest need, they're kind, they provide, and they offer protection. And they do the right thing in both stories. It's significant. Both stories are about a kingsman redeemer, a relative who comes and rescues his family. And Jesus to us is our, is our brother, closer than, than a brother. And he comes and he steps in and he rescues us. He, he buys us out of slavery, if you would, and does everything that needs to happen so that our lives can be restored and made whole. Just as Boaz was in the Ruth story, Jesus is to us our kingdom, our, our kingdom redeemer. And both stories include a child who arrives in a spectacular way in the lineage of a king. And everything is pointing. Back then it was pointing at David, but now we know where David points, right? All of it is pointing at Jesus. And that's what we do at Advent. We get all pointed towards Jesus because that's what we celebrate at Christmas. You celebrate the entrance of Jesus into the world. Fully God and fully man, he arrives on the scene and he does everything that needs to happen so that we can be rescued, redeemed, reconciled to God and experience life in him forever. Let me say this. Um, At Christmas, all sorts of gifts happen and all kinds of cool things go on and there's a lot of you know, fun, and there's a lot of hard too for people in this, all those situations. But, but at Christmas, the thing that you want to make sure you don't miss is the real reason of what we celebrate, Jesus. And that, that to experience this life in Christ, you, you have to open. It's like opening a gift. A gift isn't as cool if you don't open it. If you just go, oh, that's a nice gift, and you never open it, you're missing the point. And, and the way that you open this gift of Jesus is that you say, yes, you, you, you say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior, my kinsman redeemer? Will you come into my life and I, I want to follow you? And that's at the heart of Christmas. And if you've never done that, I want to tell you, do it. Do it today. It's just, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? That's how you engage in the story that goes on forever. And it's absolutely the best decision you will ever make in your life. So you've never done it. Please, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. And open the most amazing gift that's ever given. Okay. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? I was thinking about, while that all happens, toys and Jesus and the mobile and everything. And we had a little toy story that I wanted to share. Toy story. Uh, it's totally off base, but I think it was funny. And, and so um, a couple of days ago, I was coming up to town here to run some errands. And as I'm pulling out of the neighborhood, it's just me coming up, all of a sudden I hear honking, car honking, beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, what have I done? Like, I must have been checked out. You ever have this anymore? I've obviously done something to offend someone, not paying attention. And I'm looking all around and I can't see anything. And I'm like, but somebody's really upset, beep, beep, beep. I don't see anything, and, and so I'm really on high alert, and I start driving down the road, and all of a sudden, beep, 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 I hear it again. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And then I hear this little talking, like, la, 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 goodbye. What's happened is, um, there's a toy in the trunk of the car. <laughs> Alice is put there to give to somebody. And it, it has, I don't know, why would they include a car horn on a toy? Well, the deal is, 
I ha- it has an on and off switch, mom and dad, just so you know. But I didn't turn it off. Yeah. So every time it jiggled, it would say bye bye for now or ABC. No, it was honking. Honking. It's honking. Yeah, have fun with that. And uh, <laughs> and so I finally realized what it is. But listen, I've I've sort of gone to like, have I lost my mind? What am I doing? Am I become a terrible driver? Can't see. And I go through all those things. And then I finally realized what it is. So I come back, and the next day we're heading up, and. Uh, and and all of a sudden it did it again and she's kind of looking and I said oh that's the toy in the background and she thinks it's hysterical she's laughing because I told her my story and I said yeah it's a funny story if you know what's going on and someone's prepared you for car honking out of nowhere but if you get it firsthand it's not nearly as funny exactly exactly the the moral of that story is you should wrap the presents (laughs) so you know (laughs) now now listen if you don't mind aluminum foil, I'm happy to wrap a present. Because I'll put it in there and crinkle it at the top and call it good. Look, it's shiny. It's glittery. Yay. Okay. Sparkly. We got to bring this back home here a little bit. Yeah. One of us should pray. One of us should pray. That'll be you. Lord, uh, thank you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for family and friends. Thank you for church. Thank you for grace and mercy and life everlasting. Lord, in this week, help us to celebrate you, to be thankful and grateful people, and have your way, Lord, in our lives and in these islands. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Okay, so the ministry team is over there. If you need prayer, you can get that. And uh, thank you so much, church, for your generosity. We appreciate it so much and for blessing the community the ways that you do. And uh, We appreciate all your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's sing doxology. And we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the day. Looks like a little sunny out there. Maybe you can catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching, everybody. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day as well. And enjoy this week. And remember what it's all about. And celebrate Jesus. And we'll be back next, next weekend with some cool stuff. So uh, join in then. Are we, are we still going to broadcast it on Christmas Day? Christmas Day, we're going to replay Christmas okay, Eve's because I don't have the tech people. I yeah. gave them all off. It's so just going to be us. It's just going to be morning. us, yeah. But uh, I'll do uh, Christmas Eve. The message should be fun. Christmas wrapping. Yeah. Hey, listen oh, up. Yeah, no. we okay. got to cut this off. Yeah. All right, bye. guys. Bye. Thank you.